Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free whilst lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, I am glad and honored to be back with you. We already have so many episodes lined up for season eight in 2023, some really cool guests coming back here really soon that I am excited to to have back in the saddle here with me. Well, I wanted to wrap up this year with this last episode of season seven. I believe this is episode 42 that I am recording, so almost made it uh, a weekly um, new episodes for the whole year. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about my journey with my financial experiments, what this year has been like, what's been happening, uh, and what I'm thinking about for 2023 and kind of what what my plans are and different scenarios and strategies that I am planning around with my financial experiments. Well, this uh, this podcast (laughs) itself has been an experiment of, of sort for me. The, the last 12 months for me have been this journey of having a partnership, having being comfortable for 14 years, and then breaking off on my own to have my own financial planning business, have my own independent RIA, breaking away from broker-dealers. In the episode 37, I talked about why I hated broker-dealers, and it's been good. It's been more quiet, been more peaceful, been able to do things that I've been wanting to do for a long time in in these episodes that we've had this year talking about financial planning stuff that, frankly, I couldn't talk about in seasons one through six. So I've really been enjoying really talking about everything that I am passionate and enjoy about on this podcast without fear of having compliance breathing down my neck. So that has has been a wonderful relief to me personally, just in in going through this journey. And as I have gone forward in, in 2022, there's just been some changes that have been in the works that, that I finally pulled the trigger on. Back, gosh, I, I want to say off the top of my head, season two, season three, I began this journey in 2016, 2017 of really trying to have diverse streams of income. And so outside of my podcast, outside of my financial planning business, I got into acquiring a mobile gaming kit business. And it's been, it's been, been a journey. And it certainly has not produced what I hope it would. And what I found, found for myself in, in lessons learned on this 
is number one, it's awesome to try stuff. I am so glad that we did try it. And I did it with my cousin who became my business partner on it. He was actually majority partner. I He was 60%, I was 40%. And so at the end of the day, he should have been more motivated to, to make it work than I did. And life got in the way, you know, um, with having kids and just different things that happen. Uh, unfortunately, that business software in particular just moves so quickly. There's new iterations, there's new versions, new, new base programming that causes the speed that you have to keep up with it to be so quick. And in that particular business, the first couple years were okay. You know, they weren't what I thought that they would be. But then the problem is we, we try and update the software, but revenue kept on going down where we still had revenue. But then there started being some bugs three years ago. And my cousin couldn't put in the sweat equity into developing it. And he didn't even have the time really to follow up with these developers. In the meantime, I'm kind of running the business side, interacting with some customers. We let go of the staff that we had just because the, the financial aspect kept getting worse and worse and worse. Till we hit this year, and I told him last year, we need to wrap it up in 2022. And so that's what we've done. We have shelved the software. Um, we still had a few thousand dollars of revenue and income. We kept our expenses crazy low to now to the point this year that really there there are no expenses associated with it. And we've shut down the website. We shut down and, and um, deprecated the, the software. And um, we're done. We're done. And at the end of the day, if you take a look at the finances, it'll be close to a break even of what we invested into it financially. Now, you consider the time that we put into it. Was it like some crazy amount of time? No. You know, it was initially, you know, there was a good deal of time getting your arms around stuff, getting things set up. And then it became something that was maybe an hour or two a week. And so, and you know, it, we were getting, even last year, oh, a few hundred dollars a month for the effort, which I was okay with. But it became this question of what's the best use of my time? Do I need or want this other distraction competing for my time, even if it is only a couple of hours a week? And with a business that is dying rather than growing, it was like, man, I just gotta be done with this thing. And so we shut it down and I'm so happy. I'm not getting emails anymore. You know, we're able to wrap this thing up, make final distributions, file the last tax return, maybe even have a little bit of a write-off from it and we can be, be finished. So uh, I'm glad to get that behind me. It was a great experiment, lasted for a number of years and I can say I tried it. And am I gonna get into software in an area where I'm just not great at the product and understanding it and using it, absolutely not. I'm not doing that again. 
maybe I don't ever want to do software, period. <laughs> I found for myself, my skills have been in, in um, finding something that I was passionate about, that I could spend some time on, and then train staff to take up various things for me, that being the land businesses. And if, if we talk about my, my financial experiments, it all started in October of 2017, where I got into land flipping. Mark Podolsky, the land geek, helped to convince me of, of the benefits of it, which, which are tremendous. He oversold it, but the benefits are tremendous. And I, I really feel I got lucky in so many ways because I got to ride a tidal wave of land buying and then land selling. And I feel very lucky and blessed to have found a niche that besides what I do with financial planning really has been such, such a blessing to myself and my family. So much so, I founded two other land businesses with partners. And this year, that's been an experiment in itself, just in not only having my business that I own 100% of, but then sharing with partners another 50%, which I was very glad to do. And uh, with one of them, he has served our country in the military. He is an amazing guy. We actually have this crazy history of, of I was living in the Bay Area just for two years in middle school and met this, this guy that uh, we started hanging out at lunch. We were competing against one another uh, on, on track, running 600 meters, and I was always trying to keep up with the guy. And here we fast forward years later, and turns out uh, I found, find his little brother that also had gotten into land flipping. And I was ahead of him in terms of the curve and really tried to um, mentor him and became friends and then business partners. And so this whole, this whole crazy thing has been amazing. And here he was serving our country in the military he does a lot of stuff for missions and nonprofits and just a great-hearted person. And before this year, I was really pulling a lot of the weight, and I told him, hey, I need your help. You know, I, I really can't pull this all myself. He was, in the meantime, he was contributing financially more than I was, providing loans to the company and um, being, being a, a great partner in that sense. And then here he retires from the military in March, and now he has a whole bunch of Airbnbs. As a matter of fact, I should probably bring him on the podcast to talk about his financial journey. So I'll need to make sure to do that in uh, 2023. He retires from the military, and now he can even give more time to our, our joint venture, our partnership. And he really put in, has put in the time and the effort, and I really feel that um, I might be pulling a little more weight, maybe 55% on my side, but he contributes in more ways than just time. You know, he's contributing with money and making things possible that I couldn't do on my own. So that's been wonderful. And that's Family Freedom Lands, if you ever wanted to look it up. 
The other partnership, Southern Family Lands, which mostly we focused on Florida, unfortunately really didn't go the way that I wanted, even though it's in land flipping, even though I had success at Generation Family Properties, my main one, we had success in Family Freedom Lands, my, my second land business and partnership, and then I formed this third one with another partner. And this partner was actually referred to me by the other partner had also formerly served our country in the military and was in commercial real estate. Incredibly savvy guy, good-hearted person, uh, working hard in that space. And his goal was to help out in the business from time to time, but really kind of be the money guy. And we did that in 2021. But then things really shifted for him in 2022 where now he was going to be leaving his full-time job and he has different other ventures and businesses and he doesn't want to dedicate time to our land flipping business and in this case i was probably doing 90 to 95 percent of the work uh, initially putting in 50 percent of the capital and he provided loans well now he's not wanting to provide loans to the company anymore because his financial situation is understandably about to change where he doesn't have the cash flow that he just had I'm like, man, I need you to be able to help out in this business and put time towards it. Or gosh, you know, maybe we should just put this thing on autopilot. On top of that, we really ran into difficulties with Florida and trying to acquire land. Florida seemed to be crazy, crazy competitive where we were spending thousands of dollars on mailers a month. And maybe we're picking up one or two properties where we were hoping to buy like eight or nine or 10. And so it really underperformed relative to what I hope it would and found that we weren't as profitable as we thought we would be. And here he's loaned the company money. And as long as we were getting new sales, everything was going fine. But then the sales started drying up in July, August, September, where everything had been moving so quickly before. We really um, had to put the, the brakes on the business and it still exists. It's on autopilot. And the thought was, gosh, you know, we need to find someone that can spend the time on this. You know, I am torn in my time between all my different businesses. And frankly, if I don't have a partner that, that can't spend time on it and isn't contributing money towards it, then we need to find someone who can find the time and then we both contribute money and we can both be relatively passive partners on it. So we're in the stage now where we're just putting the thing on hold, just letting it hopefully pay out $1,000 a month to each of us, um, which would be better than what City Building Kit does. Um, but it's possible this could go the way of City Building Kit where we just wrap this thing up in a couple of years and be done with it. Uh, or we find some young guy that's really willing to work hard and, and take it over for us. So that's, that's that business. And then there's my baby, the original Generation Family Properties, which um, has had a heck of a year. As of the end of November, I'm recording this podcast on the beginning of December, We've sold over 300 properties in 2022. 300 properties. My goal is to sell 240. 
not only did we sell a lot of properties, we've bought a lot of properties. So this year we bought 155 through November, and my goal for the whole year was 120. So not only on the selling side, but on the buying side, we've really exceeded my expectations. And one of the things that negatively exceeded my expectations, despite this really awesome news, we hit the biggest revenue ever, about two and a half million in revenue. I'm probably gonna net dollars to $600,000 taxable income from the business on top of my financial planning business. So we're having a heck of a year. But as the economy has shifted, about July, as interest rates started to go up, while we were still selling properties, while we're still buying properties, we've also had a ton of defaults and returns. So if you don't understand what I'm talking about, how we sell land is in two different ways. Number one, we sell properties for cash, meaning we buy it for, let's say, $3,000 and we sell it for seven or eight or $9,000 cash, where we sell it, we get the money, we deed it over, we're done. The other kind of way we get paid in all these different land businesses is also through owner financing. In owner financing, we act as the bank. Someone pays us a down payment, and then they pay us monthly. Depending upon the length of the term, you know, I can charge up to 10% interest, which now we've changed that to 12. We actually increased our interest rates that we charge people because, of course, interest rates have gone up. You know, 5%, 8%, 10% interest rates doesn't sound nearly as good when you have a federal funds rate that's like 4, 3 to 4% now. So uh, we moved up the rates to 8, 10, and 12 rather than 5, 8, and 10. That way, you know, we're, we're still earning more than the federal funds rate can be. With owner financing, one of the things that can happen is people can stop paying. And generally, I've found the lower the quality of the property, the higher the defaults. The lower priced the property, the higher the defaults. And so this year, I had planned having about 60 returns, defaults, uh, and that would include we have a 90-day guarantee policy that lets people get back the principal and interest within the first 90 days. And then we have swaps that allow people to swap from one property to another. We don't count the sale, but we count the return. And so this year, we had a total of 103 properties versus my goal of 60. So while our sales was awesome, while our buys were awesome, we also increased an in inventory, which practically three quarters of those returns were from July to November. I think we hit a high of like 15 or 18 in October and it's come back down since uh, as, as sales have started to slow. Um, we had really good sales really all the way through November. And then so far in December, we literally just had our first sale of the whole month. So if we're on track for that, that would be like four sales for this month, which out of um, all of our returns and inventory and stuff we're buying, it basically means my portfolio of land that isn't sold has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So much so now I have like, I think it's close to 200 properties in inventory that aren't sold 
um, and and that's gone up with some of these returns in the last few months. So that that's something that's a little concerning. Uh, the economy is is starting to hit this business. I believe. Uh, I think that this will continue for the next few months. I believe we will still get sales, but the problem becomes my inventory gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and the money isn't moving as quickly, which means that potentially uh, buys start to slow down on our side, which means we have to be more conservative with what we buy, which will the market allow us to do that. And now for a commercial break. Have you been wondering what I'm so tired of working? What would it take to retire? Maybe you've been thinking about, gosh, I want to have a plan for getting out of medicine, but I'm not sure of the right way to do that. What are the steps that I need to take? Well, that is why I put together this ebook which is the roadmap to retire by 45. It lays out literally step by step what you need to do, how to go through it, how to calculate it. Uh, I think this is a fantastic ebook that will probably take you 15, 20 minutes to read through, but really lays it out step by step. If you want the ebook, just text ROAD to retire. That's R-O-A-D-T-O-R-E-T-I-R-E to Eight three 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 four three two nine eight six. Again, text road t o retire road to retire to this number eight three 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 four three two nine eight six. It'll be twenty minutes that will really change your life. And now back to the show. And so. Another thing that happened is, of course, with being busy with financial planning and all these other things, you know, I've wanted to continue to get stuff off my plate. And we did that successfully this year. I have a gal that that started out with me as an intake manager, and I promoted her to being a general manager and helping to oversee and and um, everything from property taxes to managing virtual assistants. And then this year, I promoted her to my COO, Chief Officer of Operations. And she's now helping to hire people. She is actually paying the bills rather than just helping to manage them. And even now, she is signing deeds for me. She's also helping me with new projects. Like now, besides buying tax liens, doing tax deed auctions, and sending mail, now she's helping me with texting people to try and acquire land, texting people specifically that we are mailing. And um, so much so that now I had her on 1099 and she's working so many hours for me and exclusively for me that now we're moving her from, we have moved her from 1099 to W-2. She's able to participate in our 401k next year, which to this point has only been for myself and my wife because we were the only W-2 people. I've offered her more bonus programs in that time and I am so proud of how she has grown, and I am grateful, so grateful for her. Now, as I've gone in this journey of land, if you're following me here, you can see we've done a lot of volume, right? Like we've sold 300 plus properties this year. And we've also grown in the number of people paying me on a recurring monthly basis. So 
we've grown from from a little over 300 to nearly 400 notes 400 nearly 400 notes in 2022 and as i've looked at the bookkeeping as i've looked at the management of doing this i love the notes but i've decided i only want so many of these things because if we keep on growing, then I have to add more and more and more employees to help manage it. And I've decided for myself that I really don't wanna have more than 20 people on the team. And if I wanted to have a portfolio of a thousand notes, that probably means I have to double the team, which means that I'm that much more responsible for reviewing over everybody. And I, I would have to really spend more time in it probably than what I want to do. And so I've decided to cap the number of monthly notes that we have at 500. So that's a revelation I had this year. Whereas before I thought, gosh, a thousand notes would be awesome. But as the reality has hit me, I'm like, you know what? We hit 500, hopefully in 2023, maybe 2024, I'm good. I don't need, I don't want more notes than that. And if we do hit that 500 note mark or we're getting close to it, I will still take on new notes. But like right now, if someone buys some land from us, we might have like a 10% down payment uh, or a 15% down payment. So it's relatively low. I would increase that down payment to be like 40% or 50%. We would increase the monthly payment to be a higher monthly amount so that we attract better buyers. For right now, I'm okay with all that stuff in our management, knowing where we're at, but at some point it's gonna become quality over quantity. Which leads me to kind of some of the next revelations that I've had with this business is I've really decided I wanna move up a level. I've been buying Lots and lots of properties for a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand bucks for the last five years. And with this shift of doing what we want to do, considering we already have like 200 properties in inventory, I want to start moving up my average purchase price. So doing like three to six thousand dollars on average. Heck, I mean, if I could even make it ten thousand dollars on average, that would be awesome. Rather than buying 120 properties, if I could buy 100 altogether in 2023, that would be amazing. If we buy less than that, 80 or 90, considering all that we have in inventory, I would honestly be happy with that too. Also, as part of this shift on, on quality, one of the things that, that we're doing now is trying to build out a database where we're viewing over every single property. This is gonna increase our data needs and the front end, but it'll help us on the back end to get better quality properties. Some of the uh, other revelations that I've had, which is a, a big deal and is a financial experiment within the financial experiment is around debt. In my financial planning business, I have none. Not a single penny of debt that finances the financial planning, different, the financial planning business. The land business, because I found I could scale it, I have utilized debt in order to do that. But the kind of debt I have done has always been short-term debt. 
for the vast, 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 vast majority of it. Like I would get a 0% interest rate credit card where I could do a balance transfer, pay 3 or 4% up front that then I have 0% interest for the next 18 months, right? And if I could earn 30%, 50%, 100%, 200%, 300% as I can in land, I mean, it was a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. And I stacked 0% interest rate cards on top of other cards. I utilized a service called Fund, to Grow, Fund and Grow, which allowed me to get more debt, except rather than personal, which is where I started out with, it became corporate debt. So it allowed me to move stuff off of my personal credit report onto a business one to establish my business credits. And that also has been short-term debt. And so I would get in it and then I would pay it off over 12 or 18 months, right? So it was very low risk. I would get in it, get out of it, get in it, get out of it, get in it, get in it, get out of it. I had a line of credit at Wells Fargo that I would draw up, pay down to practically nothing, draw it back up again, use the zero percentage rate cards to pay off some of that stuff. And so overall, slowly over time, the, the amount of debt has gone up as well as my availability of debt. And at this point right now, I'm paying about $12,000 a month to that short-term debt where I'm paying maybe max like 15%, which when we're making as much money as we're making, like it's not that big of a deal to me. Uh, so um, that has been something on, on my mind that I've utilized. Now, how my mind has been shifting in 2022 is, you know, a lot of real estate companies, publicly traded companies that are high quality, they don't have just short-term debt. They have longer-term debt. And what happens with the short-term debt, you know, it leads to when I'm trying to pay it off so quickly, even though it's very low risk, because I pay it off quickly, it also leads to having less cash flow available, which when I'm paying a lot of taxes on this money, because land isn't tax efficient, and on top of that, um, I'm not only having taxes, I'm paying back loans in a short time frame. It's really led to me feeling constrained on cash, particularly when I'm buying more land. And um, what I've really decided is I still want to do some short-term debt, but I want to add some longer-term debt to the mix. And so I talked to some other land investors that, that do what I've done, and I saw what they were doing, which was spreading it out over six or seven years, and then did he just keep on reinvesting the money into new land? I said, you know what? I should do what they're doing because that'll help me to really uh, be able to reinvest money and be less dependent on banks and this financing in the future. And then I have more and more cash. I spread out those payments over a longer time period, make them smaller payments. That's the way to do it. And so what I decided to do uh, was look at different banks. I'm going to be talking to Wells Fargo, who I have the line of credit through, see if they can extend me a longer term debt. And I approached my family about getting a family loan. Um, that way we have, you know, we can make it seven years. Maybe Wells Fargo offers it over four. Well, gosh, I could do it over seven with my folks. 
I looked at something like Cabbage through Amex, which they could do it over two years. So rather than uh, 18 months, 12 to 18 months, they can do it over two years. So I'm just looking at these different um, vehicles. Right this moment, we've tapped about 176K out of a total available of 416,000 bucks. Now I will say that one of the best intermediate longer term sources of financing is actually my 401k. And I've taken loans from there in the past and I will again in the future. And the reason why that I love to use the 401k is because number one, it's a fixed rate. Number two, that fixed rate that I pay, that interest, it goes back into my own account. Number three, uh, being that the, the um, fixed rate that uh, I'm paying is that those payments are spread over like five years. So it's a nice intermediate term debt where I don't have to pay myself back off as frequently. But if I do, I can do it all over again and take a larger loan. So I love utilizing the 401k more so than any of this other stuff. The big question that I have to ask myself in utilizing debt is what can I service? What does that look like? What if the economy tanks and all of a sudden now I have this debt obligation but not as much revenue? So if you look at my business right now, Generation Family Properties, right now my recurring note income in my pocket is about fifty thousand dollars a month it's actually seventy six thousand dollars a month but when you take out property taxes partner payments uh, all that kind of stuff then uh, that 76 becomes about 50. so with a twelve thousand dollar a month payments in debt currently let's say that note income dropped to 25 grand 50 percent reduction possible absolutely possible that 50% reduction still leaves me with $12,000 a month to pay staff, to pay the debt, uh, and, and all that stuff. Now, on top of that, with these debt payments, the way they're, they're structured, some are fixed payments, others are variable. For example, I have a 0% interest rate through Amex on new purchases that we did. The max available there is 50K, we're utilizing 18. I'm paying $3,500 a month on that debt. Well, that debt goes away by May. So I scheduled it out so that I would be done with the debt by May, right? So there's $3,500 a month right there. The $12,000 could become nine, right? Easily uh, within the next few months. So worst case scenario, the note portfolio drops by 50%, well, guess what? I have that much less debt anyhow. I have a business line of credit that I mentioned through Wells Fargo. My maximum available is 83,000. I'm currently using 29. I am currently paying 1,500 bucks a month and the minimum is 500. Worst case scenario, I could drop that $1,500 a month payment down to 500. Do I wanna do it? No, because then you know the balance will not be getting lower quickly, um, but I could. I could. I also have a 0% uh, rate through Associated Bank that goes all the way through April of 2024. 
So a whole another year beyond Amex. I currently have a credit line available of 40K. We've tapped 37 of that. How much are we paying? $4,000 a month. Do I have to do $4,000 a month? No. It could be a $600 a month monthly payment. So there's another way I can quickly find a few thousand dollars to minimize my payments. In fixed loans, the three that I have are Cabbage, City, and a family loan to my folks. Those three are about $2,500 a month combined. And so that's like the minimum, right? So you can see I could play with a lot of these numbers. Maybe that $12,000 a month could become $5,000 a month. And I could last until the economy turns around and we start selling more land and then you know getting back to doing the payments. So at this particular moment right now, I'm looking at taking on more debt a few months from now. Uh, and we'll just have to see how things go. You know, if we're selling four properties a month, every month, the next few months, you know, and we're still adding inventory, at some point, I have to say enough is enough. We just need to sell whatever the heck we got. And we need to put a stop on the buying. If we do stop buying, then all of a sudden my cash flow becomes amazingly, fantastically awesome with the current note portfolio that I have today. So if I decided to run this thing on autopilot and not buy any more land, I can really collect and um, maybe I'm not making $50,000 a month, but maybe after business expenses altogether, I'm netting $35,000 a month, even with some more defaults. So I think uh, there's a lot to be happy with and proud of with this business. Um, some of the other things that I've been thinking about that have been interesting to bring you in on what it's like behind the scenes. One of the blessings of making money and doing well is that uh, as I explore different states and land, we are now buying and selling land in Arizona, Colorado, California, New Mexico, Oregon, Minnesota, Missouri, and uh, Florida. And so the problem with most of those states is that they have a state income tax, which means either corporately or individually, I'm having to file a tax return in all of those states except for Florida. And uh, as I looked at the land business, I was like, you know what? I think we should really try and um, as we look going forward into 2023 and especially 2024, I want to have things be simpler in terms of tax returns. So I want to add more states with no income taxes to the mix, which those are Wyoming, Washington, Texas, Tennessee, South Dakota, Nevada, of course, we're already doing Florida and Alaska. I'm not sure I would buy and sell land in Alaska. Wyoming, absolutely could be on the list. Washington, absolutely. Texas, absolutely. Tennessee, absolutely. South Dakota, I think, would be a hidden gem that not a lot of land investors would go to. We love the Black Hills area where Mount Rushmore is at. Amazing, beautiful properties. Nevada, absolutely. Florida, we're already there. So I plan on expanding into more of those states. I'm thinking particularly Texas and Washington into the mix, and um, maybe also Wyoming and Tennessee, maybe 2024 or something like that.
So I'm trying to be smart uh, tax-wise as well as kind of trying to not add more income tax problems to uh, <laughs> to my life. Um, so that, my friends, is really a big update on a lot of the financial experiments. I really just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast, if we look at 2016, we had like 278 subscribers, 10,000 downloads. Here we are today. We have like 1,300 subscribers and 500,000 downloads. So if you're listening to this by now, you're one of those 500,000. You're one of those 1,300 subscribers. And it just blows me away to think that you spend time with me and uh, listening to the things that I'm doing, the advice that I'm giving. And as, as we move forward into 2023, I would really love to hear from you. What kind of content is helpful? What uh, I'm making this for you. Um, so help me understand what would you like for me to talk about? What would be interesting? Uh, what, what topics, financial planning, land, would you like to hear about? Um, the tax liens, which I haven't even talked about much on this particular podcast on one of my experiments. So please give me an email, send me a jingle, dave at daviddeniston.com, D-A-V-E at D-A-V-I-D-D-E-N-N-I-S-T-O-N.com. Let me know what are you interested in, what would you like to hear about, how can I make this podcast better, Please give me a jingle again or send me an email, dave at daviddeniston.com. Well, my friends, this wraps up the last episode of the year, an update on my financial experiments. And I'd like to thank you again so much. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. And we'll look forward to giving you season eight here next week. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Denniston. Remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberal lifestyle. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we're not appropriately registered.
registered investigator and registration. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of an issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much, and have a good one. Bye-bye.